week. Okay. Don't I own, the I own shares there. in the A7FL. A that is a football league where they're not using pads or helmets. The money's gone. You know that, right? It's not coming back. You don't know that. The league might explode. <laughs> yeah. That you don't league know could that. explode. You don't okay. know that, dude. You okay. don't know that. Okay, all I'm saying is, dude, you know how do you know how many ESPNs there are? There's literally eight of them. You don't think they'll put I on a fucking? That's a 14 year old joke. I saw it. I remember. It's called the Ocho. purposes only. You'd be an idiot to listen to anything these degenerates say. Invest at your own risk, do research, but seriously don't listen to these ass clowns. Now enjoy Cash Daddies. And welcome to one of the top financial investment entertainer shows in the world. In the world. Number 23 in Vietnam. Please welcome Cash Daddies, we're banking fatties. As always, the Ask the Ass Brothers, Chris Neff, Howie Dewey, and on the ones and twos, Young G, Little E, Evan Hand. How are you guys? I'd be better if you knew your fucking facts. Um, we're not one of the best entertainment comedy investment shows. We are the only one <laughs> number entertainment investment comedy okay I'm so sure well, there are others be- out there we will find dude we're like highlanders there's no. a couple more out there trust no, me there isn't there are investment shows and there are comedy shows but nobody is bridging the gap and doing what we're doing okay very okay. important okay okay i like the fact we're moving up in saigon that's dude important. i'm telling you dude i i have another podcast that's big in vietnam i don't know if i can walk alone i think i'm gonna need lots of security uh, keeping those lady boys off the magic man because I've just been just purring in their ears. Okay, I could see you crushing it on the Ho Chi Minh Trail, just for sure, dude. Patties, just with the, you know, like with a, a machete, just fucking reenacting scenes from Platoon. Yeah, out, dude. Apocalypse like, now of podcasters. Just okay. burning shit down because. So while we introduce our guests and uh, get into this awesomeness. All right, guys, man, listen, this is going to be great. We're going high and hard into real estate tonight. That's the focus. This is my good friend, good comedian buddy, Mehul Patel. Uh, lives in New York City. Uh, way smarter than all of us combined. Uh, got his master's at Columbia. Uh, all he does is real estate, does a lot of commercial. We're going to talk about that retail. Like we ever bragged to be Mensa members, Howie. Well, yeah. My dad was. My dad was. By the way, do you ever notice that people that are in Mensa are really proud of of admitting they're in Mensa? It's just yeah. the worst. Yeah, it's like it's like the equivalent of the Mile High Club for stupid people. Right, right. right? You let everybody know you bone 30 feet, 30,000 feet in the air. If you're in Mensa... It's literally the guy that murders somebody and, and and gets in jail and immediately says, hey, uh, nobody knows I murdered anybody, but I did. And then they go back to jail. I mean, come on, stop bragging already, as you would say. Stop I remember my, my seventh grade English teacher was a Mensa member. And I was like, 
Man, how about we let the guests talk? How about that? Would that be cool? <laughs> well, Would that be a cool podcast? We literally we introduced them and then we just freaking freight trained them. That's Sir, please do. go on. Go oh, on. That's okay. That's so, okay. Listen, before we start, I got to talk about look, this guy's a comedian in New York City. And one of the first times I met him, I, uh, I had him over to the club and we had a new host. And the host brought him up on stage to do 12 minutes. Okay, well, she lit him at six. He gets off stage and she lambastes him, yells at him for running the light. And he's nice as like, I didn't write, I didn't run the fucking light. The next day he calls me and he's all pissed off. He's like, that fucking, can you believe that shit? Her telling me I ran the light, I did like seven minutes. And I said, man, we don't have to worry about it. He goes, no, it really pisses me. I said, man, we don't have to worry about it. He goes, why? I goes, cause she left the club and she died. You really fucking die? That's what happened. She had a heart attack uh, after the show and died. So you never oh had to worry about my her yelling at me. God. I went straight. The Grim Reaper of comedy uh, is joined Cash Daddies. I went straight to Canal Street and bought a voodoo doll. And I was like, fuck this. You need yeah. to pay. You need to pay your taxes right now. You I would have loved her. that story if he went Howard Hughes, bought the club, and fired her. I would have enjoyed that ending to that story as well. Done, deal man. with this one because it was just as good yeah it was a good quick ending she never yelled at him again nor will she yeah um tell us a little bit about what you're doing as far as real estate what you do how do you pronounce your name bro because i'm gonna butcher this i full disclosure fully retarded mayho <laughs> mayho mayho howie how are you how are you how did you like it's Mayhol, but like how are you were you're a teacher. You you had to like deal with names before. Right? Yeah, Mayhol. You this is I your never friend called you any kid right. Mayhol. I never called Perfect. a kid right. Well Sam's got it. Sam's got it. Sam's by the way, it is the apocalypse when I'm correcting yeah. how you say names. <laughs> this is why he's gonna do well in Vietnam. He's gonna be able to pronounce everybody's names perfectly. Perfectly. Keep in mind, he was a PE teacher. Okay, there's a big difference. Fifth, no, fifth grade. I didn't teach P. I, I taught fifth grade. I taught, I taught all the arts. I oh, was, you know, uh, like always from where I'm from. He went to college there. I, in dude, I'm so old that my gym teacher, Mr. King, used to set up Fight Club in the middle of gym class, and he would just pick two guys to be like, "You guys fight it out," and we no. would slap box each other. <laughs> hey, remember That's five minutes ago when we were gonna let the guests talk? All right, <laughs> Sam's the fat dragon. I'm the red dragon. Uh, we got we got Mayhole right now is going to tell us a little bit. Let let's stick with commercial real estate. Look, no, before we start, we're going to talk about real estate for one reason tonight. Because all we've been talking about, we've been doing stocks. We've been talking a little bit about bonds. We've been talking about Bitcoin, uh, cryptocurrency. But the besides stocks, besides equity, the largest uh, financial investment vehicle in the world, the second largest, is real estate. So, uh, Mayhul, go ahead and tell us a little bit about what you do. Sure, sure. So, probably for about the last 10 years, we've been doing, you know, kind of real estate development, uh, mostly in New York, mostly in North Carolina, a little bit up in uh, Massachusetts, a little bit in, in and around Atlanta. But uh, for a while we were doing a lot of self storage development, a lot of that stuff that you see when you're driving down the highway, you see a bunch of storage facilities always kind of cluster together. We did a lot of that. Most recently we bought an empty mall 
uh, down in North Carolina, and we're oh, converting snaps. that uh, to an office building slash, uh, you know, life science campus. So we kind of, we're pretty agnostic when it comes to what kind of assets we look at. It's really just comes down to the math and, you know, similar to what you guys have been talking about with equities, you, you want to get a low cost basis and exit at a high cost, you know, that's basically the, the game. Is this private or are you a publicly traded company that you work? No, with? this is all this is all private. So all of our investors are direct investors into a uh, SPE into a specific project. So when we do a self storage project, the money that comes in is specifically for that project for this mall development. Totally different pool of uh, capital that goes in there. So let's. I, I want to get into something real quick because I like real. I'm 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 thinking about should I buy some some property right now. Mm-hmm. And my dad, who I love with all my heart, he hasn't called me back on Easter. My feelings are a little hurt, but um, he his thing is like, Sam, I'm going to help you get a house. No money down there. Some guy put out a book uh, <laughs> 20, 30 years ago about buying houses. No, no money down. Uh, multi question here. One, is that possible? And two, how important is it to pick the right house for your first property i know you more, do more business sector yeah but if people are looking for like uh, uh to buy a new house because is, is there something about capital gains you pay less taxes on your first house and stuff like that there, there's well, yeah, a let's, little... go, let's start Hold talking on, about howie it. let him talk no but we, let's talk about like sam said renting versus buying go ahead oh, sure i no, mean look, howie there, my apologies there's look i think on a high level with any with real estate personally personal real estate when it comes to residential in your homes, you're either buying it as an investment or you're buying it out of sentiment. And sentiment is, hey, you know what? I got married. I got two kids. I want to have a house. You know, I'm going to be here for 15, 20 years. That's entirely different if you're going to buy it and be like, you know what? I bought this house for $200,000. I need it to be worth two whatever or 300 and X amount of years. Now, if, if you're this latter bucket where I want to see appreciation, on my property, I think what you have to look at is, okay, you have to compare it to a house that would be rented out. Okay. Now, if you have another house down the street and you have yours and, or just say the house that you're looking at, let's say it's a hundred thousand dollars and the most rent you can get is $10,000 a year. That means you're making 10% on the money that's in there. Let's say you didn't get a mortgage. Let's say you bought it all cash for an easy example. You're making 10% on it. Now, that that that's a good investment. That's a 10% return. You feel like I could I can buy this. Now, if all you could get is two grand and it's two percent, then all of a sudden you're like, this is an overpriced house, right? Because the debt you put on it, the mortgage you put on it is gonna cost you 3%. So, so you're, that's, so me, that's negative me, leverage. Let me understand what you're saying. When you're saying 10,000, 10, right? Uh, yeah. Is that a year for rent? Like if you can get 10,000 yeah. a year, okay, to cover that nut versus 2,000 a year to which, cover that you're not. Yeah, which, so let, let's say it's $100,000, right? The house, house, is house is 100. $100,000, right? And this a mortgage is gonna cost you 3% or $3,000 a year. If you can get ten grand, and then you subtract the three thousand dollars or the three percent, you're yielding seven percent. That's that's pretty good. 
That's a that's a solid solid return on something you just bought. But that's but, not counting upkeep, correct? That's not counting upkeep. We'll keep that out of it for for the moment. But that's at a hundred thousand dollars. What's happened is the price of homes has accelerated like crazy. You're not going to really get that house for a hundred thousand. You may end up getting it for three hundred thousand dollars. But the rent, if the rent doesn't move with the price, which it really isn't right now in a lot of markets. That ten thousand dollars on three hundred thousand is now it's 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 minimal. That's like it's it's a nothing return, and then it, you have to subtract out the three thousand uh, dollars that you owe on rent. I mean on mortgage, it's not three thousand anymore. It's nine grand, right? Because it's three. It, it's it's going to be it's going to be higher. You're you're basically getting a yield of like one percent, and so when you look at it from an investment perspective, you got to look at it as what could I rent this for, and if I rent it, is the debt going to cost me? Is the debt going to put me under you know what I would get if I just put in all cash? And if that's the case, then you you have to take a step back and be like the, the market's just too hot right now. It's not a really a good investment for me. And that's when you get negative leverage, right? When when it's cheaper for you to buy it all cash than put on debt because the debt you you can't cover the debt with the income that you you have coming in. You've got to come out of pocket to cover that debt, and okay. and that's a negative leverage. And you'll see that a lot right now because things have just overheated so much. And, and that uh, goes back to what you and I were talking about earlier. That I being a broker, I used to deal with people all the time saying. I would rather invest in my home or buying a house than the stock market. And I used to say, buying a house, when, you're, when it's all said and done, after you've paid property taxes and after you've paid uh, for upkeep for every single year, it's not investment. I mean, take whatever percentage that house goes up and then subtract all that stuff and you're back to square one. Yeah, I mean, if that ten grand, you got two thousand dollars of upkeep, you got property taxes, you've got insurance, you got to pay. All of a sudden, it dwindles down pretty low, and you still have to pay this mortgage payment. So if there's almost nothing left after that, it's again, it comes down to you buying it out of sentiment, where you just want the feeling of I own this now, I have a place that's my home. That's a lot different than buying it strictly for an investment and an appreciation. And the last thing I'll say is a great example is where Mayhew and I live in New York City. Rents have dropped substantially where you can live in a decent place right now for a very, for a lower rent than it's probably been in eight, 10 years. Yeah, Don't at least New York's buy something in New York City. New York's trying to totally buy something in New York City right now and prices have not dropped that much. Yeah, but New York's a totally different market. I mean, you can spend half a million dollars and pay for cash for, uh, you know, an apartment and still have to pay $2,500 in maintenance. So it, mm -hmm. that's absolutely right. Yeah. If we're directing this to the regular, you know, consumer outside of New York City, um, for example, you know, my home, um, it is my biggest investment. Um, I don't look at it as just sentiment. I look at it as an appreciating asset and um, it's always going to be my home base and my most important investment. Um, I'm never going to uh, pay down the mortgage when I can beat the shit out of the stock market or any market because right. the rates are so low right now and I'm locked in at 2.99% after refinancing twice from 5%.
Um, real quick. So that's what I wanted to get into too, real quick is, so when we're talking to the average person who is investing, I think a lot of them look at it similar to what Chris is talking about. Not so much to keep flipping it for stock money, which mm -hmm. is, I think is a great idea, but I think most of them are like, this is my home. This is my house. And when they think about the investment, it isn't necessarily on rent, but at the end, like you always hear, my mom bought it for 50 grand. Now she's selling it for 450 grand. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how the average person looks at it. But what, what I want to get into real quick, and I think is what a lot of people got caught with when the bubble burst and the economy crashed, I would think that was around 2008, if I'm not, yep. if I, if I'm not wrong, is that they didn't understand be, the, the difference between a set mortgage rate and, a, and an adjustable. Mm -hmm. And adjustable, I think, is what destroyed everybody because they were, you know, it's like when you rent a, when you try to buy a car. And I, want, I say this to everybody, especially young people never finance your car with the people you are buying the car from because they want you to default. They're never going to work with you if you miss by a day because they want that car back and they want you to still have to pay the uh, the, the lease or whatever, the pay off the car deal. Uh, so you always want to go outside with somebody else who wants to work with you because they're not going to get the car. Like the people who want sell you the car and sure. give you the loan. You want to, so you kind of want to watch what's going on. They were just, the people were, were giving out these mortgages were just signing mortgages to anybody because they just wanted them to make a deal. And my buddy Nodder, who I'd love to have on because he was right in the middle of that. He was like, we were just telling each other, I don't know how this is going to keep going because this makes no sense. And then boom, people got a mortgage, you know, they got a mortgage bill that was like four times what they yeah. agreed to and they were deep. So can you get into how do you, how do you make sure you get a, a set versus a, a fix versus an adjustable? Real quick, I think Nodder's living in a grass hut in Palm Springs last time I heard an underground house. Oh, he's back in LA somewhere. And he's like the guy who's had a thousand different jobs. He's the, we should get him on. He's the best. But he yeah, best. he was telling me he was straight in the middle of that during 2008. Yeah, look, I, I think on the mortgage side, I mean, one post 2008, they put so many new regulations on, you know, kind of how mortgages are sold, how you sign for them, the information that you have to get. I think ultimately, you know, it still comes down to the buyer beware. You know, you still need to understand the type of mortgage you're getting. I think what happens now is there's a little bit more separation of church and state as far as the mortgage brokerage industry in the banks. They're not as in cahoots as they were before where this was all, you know, pushed by the banks just getting pools of these, putting them in a uh, securitizing them in another pool and making them less risky. But as far as the question of how do you make sure, uh, you know, you have a fixed rate and you know exactly what the payments are going to be over the course of X amount of years, ultimately that's probably a going, if you have a bank relationship that you, you know, you have a savings account, you've been, you know, a client of or customer of, you want to just go directly to the bank and, and probably avoid potentially going through a mortgage broker 
that's one way to be certain on what you're getting. But ultimately, it still comes to, to buyer beware. You, you still have to go through the mortgage and really ask the questions. Hey, what is what, what's going to happen in year five? What's going to happen in year 10? What's going to happen in year eight? And really, all you really want to do is say, hey, give me a mortgage schedule and let me see what my payments are going to be. Whoa, that's circle, great advice. That is great advice right you there. Circle back I didn't even know that question. existed. Can you circle back to Sam's question about, can you still buy a house with zero down? Does that exist anymore? I mean, zero down, probably not, unless it's a, unless it's a certain situation where it could be, even if it was in a foreclosure, foreclosure situation, you'd still have to come up with the cash. Ultimately, if you were able to get a house cheap enough, let's say it was foreclosed, you go to the auction, you buy it. A house that was once $100,000 is now fifty. Yeah, maybe eventually once you get the house, you might be able to put a $50,000 mortgage on it because it appraises for so much higher. And that sort of loan to value is still, the bank can still sign off on it. But to go and try to purchase a home with 100% financing and no cash, it would be pretty challenging now. I, I think it would be very, very challenging. I mean, unless you were just picking up a very high rate loan. You wouldn't be able to get the loan that you got. You know, you mentioned you were in the in the two percent range. You're not going to get that. It, it, it's going to cost you eight, nine, ten percent, and you're probably dealing with a group of people that are lending money that you don't want to borrow from. Because, yeah. you know, because it's but it's exactly what Sam said. It's the same situation with the car, right? When you start to borrow from those high rate lenders, they want you to default. They want a $50,000 house coming to them that's worth a hundred, right? Countrywide. Or whatever it might be. Remember Countrywide? I'll, I'll tell yeah. you why they got rid of this. The, the reason they changed these rules and regs like me was saying, here's why they change it. Because guys like me that were brokers uh, back in the 2000s, Come back. Here's, what they, here's what they did. We would have, and Chris, you'll love this. We would have somebody's account and they would have $50,000 in their account. So then we would margin their account. We get them on margin. So they're just buying more and buying more and buying. So the account would go from 50 grand to 100. And our company, these investment banks, would come up with a genius idea. Hey, you want to buy a million dollar house? Yeah, normally you never could, but guess what? The market just went up and your account's now worth $100,000. So how about we do this? No money down. We'll leverage that taxable account, which is margins, against that million dollar house you want to buy. And these people didn't have to put a penny down. They just bought the house and moved in. Here's a little problem. When the market dropped, what do you think happened to that margin account? It got crushed and it went from 100,000 down to 30. And all of a sudden I'm like, Mr. Jones, how you doing? How do you like your house? Listen, if you want to stay in that house for another 30 days, you got to come up with about 60 grand and get it to us ASAP because your account's taking a beating. That's and unbelievable. Became, and that's what we did. Yeah, but you basically just became a, uh, a bookie and <laughs> shaking people down, kneecapping them, fuck you, pay me, or, um, or you're going to lose your house. That's why so many of these houses went on foreclosed in 2006, 7, 8 when it finally got crushed because these people, so they're basically like, okay, not only did my stocks get crushed, not only did I lose everything in the market, 
fuck, I'm losing my house too. Yeah. It yeah. was yeah. a nightmare. And like Mayo said, I don't think you can do it anymore. You got to at least put 20% down. But let's get into just our, our economy and what's based off, which is fractional reserve banking okay uh, what does that mean for those who don't know a lot of listeners listen to my other show they've heard me talk about this a lot that is basically at some point the fed decided to let banks lend out money fed. which is one for every dollar this was at one point for every dollar you had the bank you could lend out 10 mm-hmm. so it was it was basically monopoly they were just grabbing green and blue and orange money and just be like, here, like when you play with your little brother who didn't know what was going on, you were just grabbing money. He didn't, you were handing it to him. He's like, dude, this is great free money while you're buying up all the properties. Right. So, so they were, so they would give you this made up money. Oh, by the way, now they don't even need a dollar in the bank. They can just write you free money. They can make money out of nothing. Why do they do that? So I go to them, hey man, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna get this house, right? Oh, you want this house? Here's this loan. I'm not gonna pay attention. That's adjustable. And in about a, a year, I'm gonna get a ten thousand dollar mortgage bill, right? But I don't know that. They know that. I don't know that. They give me the money to buy the house. I buy the house. Year goes by. Ten thousand dollar bill comes in. I can't pay it. I default. Guess what they just did with their funny money? They just took back a real asset. Yeah, but time out, time out. You just said, okay, I got an adjustable mortgage without knowing it. If you don't, you know, you need to know the difference between a fixed and an adjustable because if you they, don't. These people, dude, most of them don't. They're just like, oh, you're going to give me, like, dude, it's it's like one of the, like, I'm done, like, kind of giving Carlos Mencia shit, but one time when I realized that, just, I'm like, what is this guy doing on stage? He's like, hey. There's, there's no such thing as a bad loan. I I give you money. That's good. I'm like, oh, this guy is like, oh, I, I canceled my spot that night and I went home because the crowd went crazy. I'm like, this ain't, this is an I love ice cream crowd. I'm not doing that tonight. Today is not the day that I do stand up. There's, that's a bad loan. You're, you're, you're not reading because honestly, dude, when people get told, hey man, we'll loan you money, get a house. They don't care. They're just yeah, like I, signed on line and they want to move in. I yeah, they, they, they want to get in there and fucking party. Yeah. I mean, besides a 15-year and a 30-year fixed, Mihil, would you give anyone advice to getting anything else besides? No, I would not. No. I mean, I mean how well, it's it? also what was said before. We, we were, Chris was saying, hey, this is the most important investment that I have. You know, when he looks at his portfolio, the house is the most important investment. If that is your attitude, read the fucking paper, like read what you're signing. If it is the, where you live, read it. It's important. And you know, that, that was a big part of the problem as well too. And there's no question they needed to put in some regulations, but you know what Sam said, when that loan goes bad, they do get the property back. But what hap- what precedes that and why the bank may be discouraged to hope for the loan to go bad is, you know, if I'm sitting there and I'm the bank and I made a hundred thousand dollar loan and how he started missing his payment in January and February and March, well then I by law have to mark that in my book saying I have a delinquent payer. And if how he gets more delinquent, I have to start holding cash on against this loan 
And that cash that's held against this loan can't earn anything. So, and the banks hate that. A large bank doesn't like suddenly having $10,000 loans that are bad because then they got to put all this money aside in the event that this goes bad because they don't want 2008 to happen again where, you know, they get a phone call and, you know, you have the head of the Federal Reserve saying it's all over if we don't do all of these things. So the regulatory framework has changed. But there still is inherent risk. There, there's no question. And, and Ali's point is accurate. Like I would not recommend anything other than a 15 and 30. I mean, unless Fixed. you're, I just, I just wouldn't. Yeah, you want to know what your mortgage schedule is. You want to know what those payments are. Uh, you don't want to have to continue to guess on that because nobody's got a crystal ball. Like, it, so it, you can not. ask them for a mortgage schedule. Yeah, yeah, you or, definitely can ask them for a mortgage schedule. Dude, I, would, I learned and, something and he, today. Anybody that doesn't, then you, you know, that's the, that's the bookie mentality. That is not somebody that you want going out there trying to find a loan. So if you use a mortgage broker, just say, Hey, you got me four, got me four different types of loans here. Where are my four different types of uh, mortgage schedules? And if they can't produce that, then you just say, well, you just lost your commission. I'm gonna go down the street and go to somebody that can actually provide me with that information. And, and I just want to jump in. You guys got to be willing to walk away. I think that's the most important thing. It's like having a house with a bad loan is is 10 times worse than renting, in my humble opinion. You Absolutely. Are setting, Way worse. Way worse. You're Absolutely. setting yourself up, man. You, you are you're bringing the business. The bank needs you, okay? It's my, it's my problem with these airlines right now and how they're treating people. It's just like you are acting like you're not struggling, airlines. You should be blowing every person who comes on this airline for thanking you for buying a ticket because you're struggling right now. And I know that you're you're getting these bailouts, but that that's going to come to an end at some point when people realize that your customer service is awful. So you have to understand, man, it's you have all the power because you are the customer. And we forget that all the time. The customer is always right. You have the power. They want to ban you from flying this airline. F them. Yeah, I mean, look, no matter how hungry you are, you go to the produce section. If the fruit is rotting, you got it. You don't buy it like because you take that home. You are going to get sick. You That's on how desperate you are, though. I mean, you know, it, it's just but you saddled yourself with a bad loan. There's almost no getting out of that investment clean. It's very, very difficult. It's very now, Chris, difficult. Chris, if 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 apartments allowed cats, would you have not bought that house? If apartments, <laughs> apartments allow cats, what did you use? Make the rule? Yeah, but not seven. Not seven of them. I mean, that's isn't that why you bought that? That's got to be a reason you bought a house because you needed yeah. a place. Oh, those. just because my cats have their own room with their names on the door, you're gonna go <laughs> down this route? Is that? <laughs> All right. Can we switch gears here and talk a little yeah. bit about commercial real estate and sure. REITs? We're going to ask Sam what a REIT is. And the horror is you're going to say, what does it stand for again? So Real when- estate <laughs> investment right. trade. So when Howie wow. talks with his hands, that means listen to what he's saying. He okay. said real estate investment trade. <laughs> no, so non-traded REITs, and they are, and hopefully maybe will back me up on this. They are a horror because they, I was in- It can be. Was, it can be. They can Yeah, be. because- Here's the, and I'll go ahead, you can chime in. The difference is a non-traded REIT, of course, it's not traded on the exchange, 
Uh, usually it's money that you invest. You cannot pull it out. Once you put that thing in, it's in there for a certain amount of year, yeah. years. And the fees are very high. I used to sell them at a firm, and our commissions were pretty good when you could, like, get somebody to buy the piece of the shit. But go ahead and uh, talk about well, non-traded I mean, REITs. Yeah, so, I mean, look, the, obviously, traded REIT, that's on one of the exchanges, just like all the stocks you guys have been talking about. So, you know, the, the pro of that is you got daily liquidity, daily pricing. You know, you got pretty attractive dividends. Uh, non-traded is very different. It's it's There is way less liquidity because you can't just go to the open market and and sell it um so there's no real way there's no redemption on it if if i had a non-traded read and i was like howie you want to put some money in he's like yeah and i'd be the first question he should ask is what's the hold period and the hold period is how long is the money going to be in there and it could be five years six years seven yeah. years usually at least five because as a commercial real estate developer from buying the land getting my permits building the building getting tenants in there i mean i got to give myself four to five years uh to be to be certain so i need to know that the money i take in can't be just pulled out after two years so on a non-traded re it's in there it's stuck in there for a while um and so the hold periods are way longer if you're in a publicly traded re you could buy it today sell it tomorrow there's total what, what is the advantages of a non-tradable REIT? Like, why would I do that if it's such a risky? It would be investment. higher. It, it's higher yield, right? So oh. if, if it, you, you are going to get higher yield, I would say the, the two big things is higher Maybe. yield because Maybe. you're you're investing you directly. You're, you are going to be closer to the real estate asset, right? Because on a REIT that's traded on the exchange, I mean, there's a lot of overhead for a company like that. You got quarterly reports, you've got regulations, right. a lot of that all gets, you know, that doesn't that gets passed through and, and brings down their net income. But I'd say the advantages of a non-traded one is there is higher yield. It's also not subject to market swings, right? So if you're but in- also a the REIT that's traded. Hold on, Howie, let him finish, Howie, please. No, so if you're, if you're in a REIT that's traded and, and you saw what can happen, it can just be a politician saying this or an announcement of this, the whole index of a certain REIT class, like say it was a healthcare REIT, the whole industry moves. On a non-traded one, it that's not going to happen. So you just don't get the volatility that you may get. But in exchange... You can't cash out when you want to. I mean, it's no, in there in other for words, seven it years. Zero, it could go to zero. It could like you could literally, if a non-traded REIT goes bad, it could. There, there's one positive thing, and this is what we used to tell the client. Usually, people that invest in non-traded REITs are there because of the tax advantages. You can take a huge tax loss if if all shit goes wrong, and you can you can offset that with whatever gains. Uh, usually people that buy them have a ton of money and they're tossing in there for that high yield. Uh, but also they know that a non-traded REIT, it could go down quickly, it go to nothing. You can't get out of it. Can't get out of it. I mean, that if you're going to go in the non-traded world, like you got to really know who's running the show there. I mean, there are obviously people in real estate who know what they're doing and 
are very good specifically at what they're doing. Uh, you know, I have a, a friend, they've been doing self-storage for 20 years. They're phenomenal at what they do. If you know them and you feel like they got a really good track record, you're going to get a higher yield from them than going to a publicly traded one by, by a significant amount. But there's risk. I mean, you're completely betting on these guys and it's a, it's a black box. Like every quarter you get to see what a publicly traded REIT's doing for a non-traded one. I mean, it, you, they, they're not required to do anything. It's completely unregulated. Can you higher, fees a, too, higher fees. Can you drop a few tickers that we, uh, our readers might want to consider? For example, I mean, I'm an STOR. Um, I've been happy with it. Is there anybody that you think is up and coming in the market that we should keep our eye on? In a on, the, on the REIT side? Yeah. Um, I mean, look, so I, I, I've obviously we've built a lot of self-storage. So we, we like that sector. Life storage, LIS, that's a it's a solid company, EXR, based out of Salt Lake City, another company that uses a lot of technology behind their, their platform. Uh, solid company. But I, I actually starting to like the life science REITs. One of the bigger guys, um, you know, they have a pretty big market cap uh, is ARE, which is Alexandria. And I think what you're seeing in the life science space is driven by the last year. Last what is life science, by the way, for the illiterate people? So it's it's a it's a pretty broad category. You're talking about pharma's companies that are in genetics. Uh, so the way it relates to real estate is a company like Alexandria, they build very specific buildings for lab use, whether wow. it's pharma or genetics, biotech, whatever it might be, and you know that that sector right now is just booming there's just billions upon yeah. billions of money that have been raised by private equity groups to specifically invest in these types of companies and it's trickling down to real estate now we're we you know at the companies that actually do this stuff they need more space they need more lab space and that industry right now is just it's on fire it's absolutely Man, I would on never fire. thought of that it's absolutely on that. fire. You know, like, for example, NIH is the National Institute of Health. They have X amount of tens of billions of dollars they put out. That that budget just got increased, right? And that's increased at the federal level. And there's just so much money, like the Blackstones and the Blackrocks and the Carlisles, they've raised to specifically invest in life science companies, similar to what we saw 20 years ago when you saw all of these funds raising money to invest in tech companies. Uh, you're now seeing it in the world of life science. And again, real estate lags, right? Real estate lags the, the broader capital markets. And now you're starting to see the values of these buildings that have lab space and et cetera increasing and the demand for them is through the roof. They're being built as quickly as possible by real estate developers. So Alexandria is a big, 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 big player in this, but they've been doing it for a long time and, and they're That's sophisticated, they know what they're doing. Uh, and I think they're, they're going to ride this way for the next five to 10 years and do, do very well. Hey, who, sticking with healthcare, sticking with healthcare. Uh, have you heard of well tower? So well tower, they do some senior housing That's, acute care. Yes. Yep. yes, they do. It's what I looked up. This, they did 3.7 billion in sales last year on assisted living. 
And if you look at that stock, W-E-L-L, the company is like steadily going up. It has a three, three, almost a three and a half percent yield. And they do assisted living, which, you know, that's just blown up all over the country. And dude, it's like, that is recession proof. Old yes. people, yes. there's always going to be old people. Dying left and always. right. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a great model. I think what to look for when you look at senior housing is uh, how vertically integrated they are. Basically, how much do they do themselves? You know, because it's a, it's a big operation, you know, with old people, there's different phases of being old. There's being old and active. And then there's being old. I can't remember my name. And yeah. it's what services are you providing on that spectrum? Is it a portion of it? Uh, do you third party a lot of it? I think the more that they do fully in-house speaks uh, better for the platform itself uh, because you can keep your costs down. Once you have to outsource a lot of that, it can get really, really expensive. And as the population gets older, this sector, like Sam said, I mean, it's, it's not going anywhere. And it obviously, you know, the the PR damage that happened during COVID, they've seemed to survive it, right? I mean, we all heard about the horrors at the nursing homes and the headline risk. They Almost got it. nipple rings. Creepy. <laughs> uh, but but that, that sector has that sector has sort of absorbed that headline risk and and you know the stronger companies have pushed through and i think it was the ones that were vertically integrated they they kind of do all of it in-house so they're not like oh shit, we forgot to like give the east wing masks well because we do all of it in-house and the ones that did all of it in-house their you know their residents uh got through COVID. and if you look at some of these senior facilities that didn't have that, that's where a lot of the trouble was that you're outsourcing so much of it. Um, but hold real quick on that though, in New York state though, um, Cuomo did that, that industry, a giant service by basically shielding them from lawsuits. That was a big thing. Huge. There was a lot of talk about that. Like, why did he give them that deal? What did he think was about to happen? So that well, I'm sure once that that story got out, that must have just helped that stock explode. Yeah, look, I mean, once that that liability is taken off the table, yeah, absolutely. Because I think that that was the worry in the early months. What's going to happen to these? Are, are these are they going to get sued left and right and you're right you know that at least in new york that got taken off the table pretty quickly um, what about like say comparing two different sectors two different asset classes like i know we've talked before i know you like industrial yeah. uh like like a crown castle out of houston is is a solid one cci now compare a little bit like uh, an industrial versus a residential, like say uh, EQR, which, you know, they're doing two, $3 billion a year in sales too. Yeah, look, so on the asset class, I like industrial for, you know, very common sense reasons, right? We're buying more stuff online. We need more warehouses. We need more distribution centers. We need all of that. That's not going anywhere. Uh, we're gonna continue to need that. I think it's probably got a ceiling, but it also has a high floor. You know, the ceiling might not be that high anymore, but it's, it's, I think the risk profile is still pretty solid there. You get solid returns with pretty low risk. As far as residential, I think it all comes down to where they're building. 
you know, if you have serious exposure to the to the big cities where there's some flight, there's people leaving, I'd be a little bit concerned. I think REITs that have a lot of units in the suburban markets, I, I think are going to do just fine. If not, they're, it, it, in fact, I think they're going to thrive right now. Their rents are going to start to creep up. They've already seen some rent growth. What's happened is there's just been a lot of people have left the downtowns temporarily in some cities and some cities maybe uh, a little bit longer term. I think it's going to take a little bit of time to get people back to New York. I mean, I think it's just going to take some time. Yeah, sticking with that, I don't know if you saw this today, but this month, April, is the first month since 2018, the first month since 2018 where people are starting to move back. There's more people moving in than moving out. My condolences. Yeah, is what it is. <laughs> Neff, you had a question? Yeah, I do. Uh, so on, this is uh, pushing off a little bit, uh, but we've obviously seen companies like Rocket Mortgage go public and United Wholesale Mortgage. Uh, what are your take on the middlemen involved in the real estate market, specifically these people that are basically selling loans to consumers? Uh, Rocket obviously became a meme stock for a short time mm -hmm. on Wall Street Pets and blasted off. Uh, do you have any particular interest in, in either of those stocks or any others? You know, I, I think what you've seen in real estate for a long time, um, both on the debt and equity side, technology has been slow to grab market share. It just has uh, for a variety of reasons. Some is pushback from the industry. Some of it's just a psychological block from the user of it, you know, on the on the equity side, there's been, you know, certainly a lot of crowdfunding platforms for real estate for somebody like me to go on and say, I got this project. Let's see if we can raise some money online. It just hasn't taken off on the debt side. Obviously, it's a little bit different. I think it's it's made more progress. Uh, Overall, I think it's still going to take a lot of time to penetrate. Um, you know, I think these the banks have pretty strong lobbyists. They think they still oh, like the, the the their ability to penetrate that market. Um, it's just I personally I, I haven't looked at those companies that much. I still yeah. think it's going to take a while. Technology, for whatever reason, on all fronts, even on just brokers selling homes, it just hasn't penetrated real estate as, as much as you would think. I Partially because I people go look at real estate in person um, and doing everything online. It just, I don't know if it's a psychological block or what it is. It's too fragmented to capture it. Um, I think part of the problem is every state has its own regulations. So it's hard to just give a blanket approach similar to like the vaccine rollout. Every state's kind of got their own way of doing it. The mortgage industry is a little bit like that. It's it there's different nuances slightly in in one jurisdiction and, and in another it's a little bit different. So it's hard to give this sort of blanket uniform yeah. offering. And and that's that's a tough part of real estate is every Every jurisdiction, every city, every town, no matter its size, is a little bit. They they treat their real estate just different enough. 
Yeah, and there's also a little crossover with, with those companies as well because they're they're essentially fintech plays. They're not yeah. real estate uh, on, on the surface. They're real estate, but they're fintech plays. I mean, the thing that I think makes Rocket so attractive is they basically turned buying a house or refinancing into um, an internet experience. You know, uh, the other thing in my experience, I did use them to refinance once is they blew the rates out of my local banks. You know, I went to Bank of America. I've been a client for 30 years. They own my, you know, they held my business. They held my personal. Mm -hmm. And Rocket beat them by one and a half percent. And I'm like, yeah. how is this possible? I want to give you my money. I want to keep everything in house. And they were like, we can't beat that. And I'm, so I, you know, went with Rocket Mortgage twice, actually. So I find it fascinating that their, their outreach is so huge. And I think it's because it's become more of a fintech play than a real estate play. Yeah. So I'm, I'm always keeping my eye on Rocket Mortgage, but I do, I have been looking at uh, UWMC because um, I, I think their, their CEO is an absolute hustler. Um, he's the kind of guy that gives me the willies just listening to him <laughs> talk, but I know that trickles down and I know he's Did in a- Did you say the willies? Yeah, I said the willies, the heebie-jeebies. And he's yeah. just passing that to his, people saying, let's close deals, let's close deals, let's close deals. So I think there's a good chance that stock could 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 skyrocket. Um, and it also, I think it's at its all time low. We were talking about it a week and a half ago. Um, I just want to get in before we get into our picks is I want to ask you, you're in the, you're in the commercial real estate. You said you just bought a mall. Mm -hmm. um, malls, unbelievable to me, have been dying. I mean, I, this is more to little ease generation because I used to love to go to the mall, sure. the shop, but also to like stare at chicks, man. It yeah. was like the best dude. And are you telling, I mean, is that not happening now? I mean, I understand Amazon is so convenient, but for me, it's like, I oh man, I'm like the interaction and the cruising for just seeing girls shopping and no, I, I looked, I grew up with that as well. The food court was like hustle city, right? I mean, that's right? where you Slinging made your move dicks at the that, food court. That's where you made your move was at the food court. Uh, Give me some of that sombrero pizza, I got, man. I got, Absolutely. All, I got all my puss by setting the high score on Galaga. I would just have like <laughs> a group of people around me. And you get like, your puss at the kettle. What are you talking about? the kettle yeah the the homeless cat's kettle oh you mean a kennel oh yeah that too wherever you're depends on where you're from depends on what part of the country you're from yeah the kettle okay all right well hey, not, they're all not gonna about, hit naf talking about malls close. like we're talking about malls i'm a little confused because malls look like they're on the decline everywhere but then you look at simon property group which is the largest mall yeah. REIT in the world why is that going up? Look, I mean, certain it's there are still certain regional malls that do well. Uh, there, there's just no question about that. And it, it really, again, it real estate is pretty. It comes down to basics. And if it's in a strong enough location, there's still there's still people that Sam is describing that still yeah. want the retail experience, and they'll still want to go. And they're big enough that they should be okay. I mean, they shut off a lot of assets probably four or five years ago, but overall the mall, that model of retail, there's no question. It's just getting crushed and blows me away. I it's just, Evan, it's Evan. Ab absolutely getting destroyed. 
did you i mean you're much younger than me did was that not part of like you growing up is going to the mall not not really no like occasionally we would go but the nearest mall is an hour away from me you never went what are you just day? robbing your parents oxycontin drawers is that what you guys <laughs> did for fun no we just go hang out at a basketball court and shoot the shit you never went to Crossgates Mall down in Latham and got your first hand job next to Orange Julius? <laughs> you never did any of that? I know I did. I definitely did, but not as often as like. Yeah, I mean, look for for me growing up, we would go to the mall and buy nothing and be there for like five hours. Yeah. It's maybe it's just I mean this is gonna sound crazy that there's so much sex on the internet that the need to like interact with females maybe isn't there. I mean like. Well, I think that's the other thing. You can you can just reach out and touch somebody from your bedroom. Like it's you don't have to put in the work now. You don't have to. The humiliation factor is much less now. Yeah. You go to the mall. You have to go in with the expectation. If I'm gonna talk to Melissa, I have to I have to take the risk of getting my balls knocked in, and that doesn't happen anymore. Now it's like you reach out to Melissa on WhatsApp or Snapchat, and she just doesn't reply. That's not yeah. the same as getting your balls handed to you when you do it in front of all your friends and yes. the person at Orange Julius is laughing at your ass. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just a different it's a different game. It's the a different game. The factor now is when you wake up after like a two-day coke bender and look at your dick and like the amount of fucking porn you've watched, that's the new <laughs> humiliation factor. You're like, you know what? You're amongst friends. It does make sense. You, <laughs> yeah. me, Hunter Biden, just sniffing crack off the floor. We yeah, just that's one thing, that's one thing these Generation Z pussies will never have to deal with. Never. Yeah, right? Just no, can't be flipping blue chew and meth and working your dick into oblivion and two days later going, what did I do? I feel so guilty. Thank God nobody <laughs> knows about this. No, it is crazy, man. It is it that. is nuts. I mean, you guys don't will never know how great going to Spencer's in the mall was. Oh, when you were a kid. I have done gifts. that. I, I've done that multiple times. And so just be like, just... is that tit dice talk? <laughs> Those are titty dice. And you're like, your head is blown, dude. Yeah. You're like, oh my God, this is this happens, dude. Right. And all the chicks there look like they all are in the Wicca. And you're like, oh, I bet they're, they're bad girls, right? Nope, nobody's with me on that one. Okay. Nope. Nobody thought that like was like Spencer's is the adult bookstore for children, right? right? You're like you're underage. You're just like, look at this. This definitely. drawing has titties, right? There's an Iron Maiden poster with some ass on it. Oh yeah, yeah for sure, dude. For sure, man. That's yes. I I um I think real estate is very. You know, we talk a lot about digital currency on the show. My whole thing is like, if I'm blessed that this this market blows up like I think it will, that I'm going to turn digital into uh, physical. Like, I'm going to take some of that money. What are you buy- Well, yeah, yeah, well, 100%. But, like, so I'm on Celsius. I'm on this uh, website, on this uh, app. It's a wallet called Celsius. And they give you 1% loans based off of how much money you have uh, how much crypto you have with them. And, you know, the whole thing, I don't know if you found out like how um, Elon Musk bought so much Bitcoin. He was just getting half a billion dollar loans, buying all this crypto. And th- these loans were at 0%. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit, man. If I can get 1% loan, that's not that far off. Obviously, I'm not going to get half a billion dollars worth. But 
if I, if the if 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 Bitcoin does what a lot of people think it's gonna do, I could get a decent loan. Yeah. At one percent. Yeah. No, I mean, look, that's that, what that's no, what no, wealthy no, people do, right? No. That's what they do. They're never really using their cash. They're using a line of credit that's very cheap, whether it's because of their Bitcoin or they got a large portfolio at Merrill Lynch and Merrill Lynch is like, oh, yeah, yeah, you want to pull down on your credit line. You need a half million dollars. You got three million dollars of stock with us. Yeah, that's fine. We'll charge you, you know, point and a half for that for as long as it's out. And that's how they, you know, this they, they see a market opportunity and they're just like, hey, all right, I'm going to jam 500 in there. And that might only be out for 10 days, but that's what the banking system in the U.S. is. It's still our greatest competitive advantage as much shit as people give uh, the banking industry and finance. It is by far the American economy's greatest advantage versus any other economy out there by a lot, by a lot. The other other economies out there, even the largest ones, they just don't have this. Uh, they can't create the liquidity for an individual like you can here. I mean, it's not even close. I was it's reading over the weekend about the, the, the Bitcoin uh, revolution transferring its way into real estate and the, the idea of uh, being able to buy a home with Bitcoin and having it take a week as opposed to being in escrow for like a month and a half. And I'm interested in that concept. And that's why I like Rocket Mortgage, because I could see anybody doing it first. It would be them. Um, but I think that is is coming. And I think it's going to be a lot here a lot sooner than we think, where it's just, hey, OK, here's my Bitcoin. Transfer it in, in and out. I see that happening, too, man. I And I think it, listen, I mean, if, big, if you get enough Bitcoin, you're not even going to go through a bank or rocket mortgage. Yeah. You're just going to go to the owner going, yeah. how much you want for this? How much for you want for your, the, the deed, right? When you start to decentralize things, that's what happens. You get massive liquidity when things get decentralized. So that could potentially happen where it's like, I want to buy Sam's house. Well, let's just do this person to person. I'm going to send you my Bitcoin. And you know that it comes with all all the protection that you need, you're not going to need all this other documentation. It's, it's, it's possible. It's possible. And are you into digital currency? I mean, I follow it. I haven't put, Oh, I don't have a lot of exposure to it. Um, you know, for, for me as a real estate developer, we're required to keep X amount of cash when we have loans out and it kind of sits in a lockbox. So it it's, it's harder for us to, to kind of move things around. Um, but I, I've looked at it and I do think what you said is possible where if it does cause that decentralization, it just creates a liquidity in a market that is generally illiquid. I mean, real estate's considered an alternative investment because it's an illiquid asset historically, but because of all of these things that you're seeing, like Rocket, like Bitcoin, all types of things, it's creating more and more liquidity. It's not as a liquid as it was even 10 years ago. It's much, much easier to sell an asset now than it was even a decade ago. Well, I, I thought this conversation was amazing and um, I loved it because I, I am trying to look into where I want to buy. I'm very cautious about what my first, my first 
purchase a property will be. I'm thinking about, you know, when I sell it, you know, I'm, I just had daughters a year ago. I'm thinking about what I'm going to leave them. Everything I'm doing is about what do I want? They're going to leave something. I think generational wealth is a big, big factor in just basically lifestyle, man. Like what your parents are able to generate versus you. And there's always going to be that one generation that kind of breaks through, but can you, maintain it and pass it down is yep. determines where your where your family is at that point um yeah man but i want to get into because i'm thinking in san diego right i mean like i'm thinking like that might be a nice market to buy something it's a little expensive but i'm like if my kids grow up there you know it's like it's almost like you fail into money there's because one there's sure. like a lot of military in san diego mm-hmm. a lot of so there's always going to be that money there just circulating in that market because and, and basically every alien movie you watch when they attack america it's out of san diego basically it's either hawaii on, or san on top diego. of that sam it's a top two life science market i'm all about that action dude. you know I'm it's it, about it, that it's, it's it's that you know it's it's on the west coast it's down in seattle i mean it's they're you know a huge life science market I'm all about that. I'm all about that. Well, man, I thought that was a great, I love this conversation. I, I think uh, real estate is something people have to really think about, man. I mean, you know, we got a lot of stock in here. We got a lot of crypto, but I think the physical is sure. really important. Oh, last question. And then if anyone else got something, uh, like you always drive somewhere, you're like hundred acres, blah, blah, blah. Is that a good investment? I think it can be if you have, if you know, if you have intention, if you're going to buy it and hold it and wait for appreciation on it, raw land takes a while, right? You know, if you're just saying it's, if it's in the path of progress, if the progress is over here and your land's over here and your bet is this is going to catch up, you have to have patient money because raw land doesn't, yield anything right you're you got to pay property taxes insurance and you know you're gonna have to do some level of maintenance every year so if you really feel strongly very strongly that it's in the path of progress that's a potential buy otherwise you have to have intention to develop it and and do something with it and there's levels of it right you could buy a piece of land and all you do is get the permits to build a building you've instantly created value. You could then just sell it. Say you bought it for a million bucks, but then you put in the work to go get permits to build a 20 story building or whatever, to build 200,000 square foot warehouse. Well, you can sell it. It's definitely worth more than a million bucks now because you created value because the next person can come and there's less work for them to do. Now, if you do go further, well, I've cut the trees, I've done the site work, that's another level of value created. Well, you know what? I brought in the water sewer connects. I did all this. That's another level of value. You're getting almost to the point where the only other next level of value is to build the actual building. But if you're somebody who you know, doesn't have the experience of doing that, you're just buying it. You just got to make sure this path of progress is within the amount of years. Heading your way. Yeah. If it costs you 10 grand every year to hold this, how long do you want to keep paying 10 grand? Four years, seven years, 10 years? And that's what you got to measure. How long is this going to take to get to my piece of land? 
That reminds me a lot of Vegas for the longest time. Yeah. Like people yeah. would buy yeah. Vegas yeah. a little far out and be like, they're yep. eventually going to move. And then boom, all of a sudden yeah, well, it, you have a whole neighborhood yeah, around yeah. you. That, well, that's what Bugsy Siegel did, right? That's how he started it. it was we may that see that. Burbank is like that. We may see that in New York State. If you look upstate and you look at a lot of land, don't be surprised if it starts getting uh, bought to cultivate all this weed because it's legal now. Absolutely. All right, so let's uh, let's uh, because I got a short time. Guess what, Daddy's got to go. Uh, can we get into our picks for the week coming up? Okay, that was pretty quiet. Yeah, let's get into that. I'm going to start do... right off because okay. I'm going Sam Tripoli this week. I'm not even talking stocks. Uh, I gave XLE last week the energy stock XLE. I think it's up a little bit this week. I'm going Polygon, man. I got some inside info from a powerful dude. And he literally told me, he said, if you're going to buy any crypto, buy Polygon. Trust me on this one. I'm buying Polygon. I actually, yeah, got some the other day. And I think uh, that's where I'm headed. I like it. Polygon's great, man. I think it's one of those you just kind of sit there and uh, we'll see what happens with it. And so this is something I've noticed. And I told Howie this. I think I added it to our text thread. I have noticed when at the end of the month, when the rent is due and bills are due, that you see like crypto start to go down. Now, the the, the lows are the, the highers are high and the lows are higher. It's That's never true. boom. But you always see the red first, second, third, and then the fourth day starts to change back to green. But the first three days, you see people selling off a little crypto to cover their bills, pay their rent, mortgage, whatever it is. So you have to understand, I'm just watching this cycle happen. And it happens every week, every month. So I would tell you just again, because we put out a tweet, watch, you know, some of these cryptos could drop 50%. You have to just stay in it for a little while. Uh, my cho- uh, Real quick, because we didn't talk about, I made, um, I made a couple investments this month. I mean, this week. I bought more Monero. Monero's been going up. Again, it's that outlaw crypto, right? It's the shady, the dark web crypto that they're using because at this moment, they say it's untraceable. All the crypto pirates and cowboys I know, they all say it's untraceable. Occasionally, you'll see a narco, oh, they followed it. They know how to trace it out. It's possible. But at this moment, Monero is my pick and it slowly goes up. I really like it. Now I bought a lot of that again. I, I announced this. I am uh, officially uh, a stockholder in uh, a shareholder in. <laughs> oh, I thought it was going to be such a bigger announcement. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were like, I'm officially by. Yeah. You were really building something up and you just let us all down. It's a good investment. Let let you all down. I'm living that life brother, because I own a professional sports league. Okay. I own own shares in the A, A seven FL. That is a football league where they're not using pads or helmets. I saw, and those guys are going to be in wheelchairs (laughs) by next weekend. That let them do it. No dude. See, you don't understand. You don't understand there there's a reason why this is going to work because they actually think that it's because actually going to stop the, the 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 spearing 
the people just throwing their heads in everything, <laughs> discussing oh. themselves. Okay, yeah, so no worries about their torn labrums. Watch this guy. Else. Watch this. Watch this guy right okay, here. Okay, some of them are stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, dude, they're blocks, bro. This yeah. is football. This okay. is yeah. They literally looked. They all came out from the California penitentiary and just signed a fucking. Hey, dude, you gotta work, bro. That felony makes it hard. My listen, dude. I like this league. I'm excited. I bought some. I bu I had some shares before. I bought a little more. Daddy's a baller. Okay. I don't know how many of you guys think you guys own sports league. I don't know if you've seen ballers, but I'm one of them. Okay. I own sports league, dude. I, they call me Mr. Tripoli around practices. Okay. I walk around in my track suits, Armenian style, and people know baller. And I get a couple day shift ladies to come hang out with me. That's how I roll. Can I can I just ask a few questions about this suspect investment? How much research did you do? Because in one of those videos, it looked like they were practicing in like Needle Park. Okay, is this a league that they actually? It is have? a league. Okay, okay. seven on seven, right? They have yeah. Yeah, it's seven on seven, no pads, no helmets. Okay, so this isn't like some like uh, running man work release program that prisoners have to be involved <laughs> in to get the looks back. Like. You know, as a, someone who struggled with drugs and alcohol, made some bad decisions, Chris, I'm not going to judge people, okay? If you come out loving the Lord, looking for an opportunity, you know what? Maybe this is where you go. Okay, but come out loving the Lord. Is from? Is this on a publicly traded exchange or did somebody just be like, Hey, um, I've got like uh, a drink ticket, or you can either take this, you know, five dollar you know chair. You know what, bro? The prison you're gonna mock me when I'm just when when I'm just living that life. Maybe I'll be doing the halftime show at our Super Bowl. I don't know. Here's all I know, dude. It's a website called. Okay. Okay. How much of your do. money did you give these people? Okay, so just pretend like that is already gone. That's the first thing you need to do with an investment. Oh, that's so cute, peasant. Uh, should I cry for the <laughs> little peasant man? Triple E's been working hard. I do 5,000 podcasts. I can take a little investment money and put it into dudes who probably have a couple felonies going at it, okay? That's what I like to do, right? I thought, I thought you, you were going to- cat litter. I invest in the future of the inner world, okay, brother? So sit it's back. Okay, and you've enjoy seen, it. You know what? You've seen the longest yard too many times, and you're yeah. gonna yeah. recreate this as like something that's actually gonna be like a fruitful investment. Uh, do you do? You, here's my question: Where can we watch this? Are there televisions? There's actually a channel. Go. Will you go look it up? There's a channel that's gonna be airing it. You know, it comes on right after the one o'clock game is the lingerie football league, and then I'm not afraid of that. I would love to invest in that league. I asked if I could do play-by-play. -play. They wouldn't let me. Okay, this is an extremely risky investment. Remember the little football league that just started a year ago and lasted eight games, and then they gave up? They got uh, bought by The Rock. Yeah, they were bought by The Rock. Did you not get that from staring into okay. your cat's b-hole? Can you go back to that? You yeah. this That was a GoFundMe no. website. Starters. No, that's the A7. A7FL stands for Alzheimer's Football League. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> okay. Hold on. Can you scroll okay. down? Can you okay. scroll down? You know how we want the on your boomer picks? Daddy ain't going to come and help you anymore, okay? Hold on. I see what's going on. You bought yourself 
package, which includes like two like 50 yard line seats, a producer credit. Yeah. <laughs> And like a jersey with your dude, name. I get to help them pick the cheerleaders. <laughs> yeah, I see. Okay, so who got yeah. you this? Yeah, yeah, what? daddy. Hey, dude, I work hard, man. If I want to invest myself, my money in something I find exciting, I'm gonna do that, Chris. Okay, do you have a team? Do you got a favorite team in it? No, dude, daddy doesn't pick, they're all daddy's favorite. Hey, Al okay? Davis, slow down, slow down, Al Davis. All I'm saying is, oh, you know I'm L. Davis, dude. Buddy. We're rocking tracksuits, slicking the hair, making love to Latin women. That's what I'm gonna do, bro, all day. You're like his son with the bowl cut and no, <laughs> no, dude, no. And Just because yeah. I got the Armenian dragon in the back tail yeah. doesn't mean anything. Okay, let me ask you this: How did you find out about this investment? Did it was it was like an ad that popped up on Pornhub after no. you got it? No, and dude. Like, no, dude. No, no, team? no. <laughs> Okay, there's a couple reasons I like this league. One thing I really like is I've always said that the NFL's biggest problem and why these players don't make a lot of money is because they, they, they do make pass? money, but they could make they outside the quarterback. They don't make NBA money. They don't make uh, they don't make uh, baseball money. Why is that? Because they only play on one side of the ball. I like that players play on both sides of the ball. Okay, like, I also like. The no pads thing. I think these guys are just lighting each other up based on pads. Yes, you will have guys doing hits. That's life, okay? I like the bare knuckle boxing. I think it's great. It's brutal to watch, but so is it like gangbang porn, okay? But people still watch it, right? In that league, are they going to allow cocaine before the game? Buddy, we encourage it. We encourage it. These guys are going to have to do fucking gator backs just to get the adrenaline to get on the field every day. (laughs) This is fucking pugilism. This is insane. So yeah. you didn't ask me. Oh, how, I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry. Are you looking for a romper room to invest in, bro? Or do you want oh. some action? I'm the saying, first name, got, the first, how did you even hear about this shit? Because you first game's in two weeks. It's at Jefferson Junior High School. Oh, oh sweet. Oh, nice. nice. So we're going to go to a junior high school stadium. To go hey, watch brother, guess, dude, brother, guess where the NBA started? In a boiler room, okay? They uh-huh. had a guy holding up a basket, all right? Don't worry about it, dude. This is where we start. And where uh-huh. we're going, we don't need cat people. I'm going to make a, a law. There's no cat mascots in the league, okay? No lions, no tigers, no cougars, nothing. We don't let cat people in. If you have the stare of a, I own 30 cats, look in your eye, you're not going to be allowed in the game. <laughs> This is Howie. This is really out of middle school. This is what exactly. This is what happens. No, Howie doesn't know. Howie's just trying to get a joke in here or there. Okay. (laughs) You know what this is? Howie has to puree his food. He's just trying. He's trying to get that Catskill comedy working here on this high octane fucking podcast that many have been called the A seven FL of audio. Okay. A lot of people have been calling this podcast that no pads, no helmet podcast. You know what I think you are still in denial that the Raiders have left Los Angeles and you can't accept it. And you just want to be, I I bought tickets at her first game, bro. But you had to buy tickets after you gave them $2,000. No, to the, to the Raiders. I had game four tickets to the first game that, that got canceled. As soon as they released tickets to the next game, Boom, daddy's there. Bringing Ghost and Ninja. Okay. Nice. So here's the thing. The money's gone. You know that, right? It's not coming back. 
you don't know that. The league might explode. <laughs> yeah. That you don't league know could that. explode. You don't okay. know that, dude. You okay. don't know that. Okay. All I'm saying is, dude, you know how, do you know how many ESPNs there are? There's literally eight of them. You don't think they'll put I on a fucking? Ball. That's a 14 year old joke. I saw it. I remember. It's called the Ocho. Yeah, it, there's it's a real literally thing. like 90 ESPNs. Hey, but okay? there is 1,050 ESPNs that's going to cover this garbage. Bullshit, dude. They got they got fucking hacky sack. They show pro hacky sack. Yeah, they, they got that cornhole. So yeah. they, they should yeah. show that. And dude, if anybody knows there's, and I want to start a professional pinball league, and I was looking to buy a pinball machine to go pro. Finally, you said something that makes sense on this podcast. There we go. <laughs> Enough to talk about Holy my good shit. investments. I'm I'm still into Little E's Choice. I really still like Storage or whatever it's called, S-T-O-R-J. I still like that one. It's going up and down, but it's boom. It's been hitting over there. I still like it. And uh, I'm going to do Monero. I just love Monero. And um, what are the other ones I'm into, dude? I'm into a lot of these things, dude. I'm a you like Poly, poly right? I love Polygon, dude. I love Polygon. So I'm gonna get my buddy who's in the crypto. He he was telling me like he's not buy, he's not chasing crypto anymore. He's gonna start just investing more into the ones that he's already invested, meaning buy more, not be chasing all these other coins trying to get them. But like if you like Polygon, buy more Polygon. Okay. I like Harmony again. One, I like that. And I'm still into all of them. You know, Let me the stay on this in- subject because you missed an episode when we were talking about altcoin season. And I wanted to bring out that definition of what it actually is. And what it basically means is if 75% of the top 50 uh, coins perform better than Bitcoin over the last 90 days, it is altcoin season. So what that means is you see the, the satellites around the sun, which is Bitcoin, they are yes. going to start to move. So just to clear that up, because we had a bunch of people doing that. And the market- XRP's looking good too. If you can actually find somewhere to buy it, it's mm-hmm. looking good. I know the crypto cowboys telling you it's the banker coin. That's why I'm telling you to buy it. If you're willing, listen, dude, if you're willing to get into- life science stocks okay which deal with pharmaceuticals okay you're you should have no problems with getting in to a banker's coin because they're gonna blow that thing up and it's up and i like it if you can find it to own it for purely for when those when all these lizard people blow up that coin because they're gonna use it to buy the debt so it's going to blow up the five grand each. And if you have it early, you're going to look good. Uh, okay. But back to altcoins and little E, I want to, I want you to bring this text up that I'm sending to you right now because it just came out yesterday and it was a, a nice little capture of that rise of Bitcoin since inception in 2009. But we're seeing massive speculative interest in these altcoins. And I just want to caution everybody I feel like it is gold fever out there in the altcoin world. Um, I already jumped in myself with SafeMoon. Shout out to the readers, by the way. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Just want to point something out. The readers inside the Discord, they're so active in the live stream. I was like, hey, can you guys show show me how to buy SafeMoon? And 10 minutes later, 20 people were all doing a virtual conference 
And I'm getting walked through five different steps to get to that place to buy SafeMoon before it goes mainstream on Monday. Did I miss the boat? Probably. I've got friends that have already 12X on it. I like, okay, okay. Hold on, hold on. Are you, are you all right? No, it's just like you're driving me crazy right now. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> you're driving me nuts. You're literally driving me nuts. Why? Because you're literally like, gotta watch out. They speculate and I, these are cards. It's like all crazy, dog. And then you're like, I got Safe Moon. Me and Frodo had to go through this voyage to get the Modar so I could buy a Safe Moon and it's a penny. But when it goes to four it's pennies, a penny. I'm gonna go zero, 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 zero. It's unbelievable the shit you have to go to get it. And I'm cool with it because I understand that's why you get it before it moves here. But just know when it moves to wherever the average person can get it, uh-huh. right? Yeah. It's like, you, why are you, why are you, why are you going to sell us? All coins are like volatile, but come get safe moon with Bilbo Baggins. Can you let me finish? What I was saying is this, it feels like gold fever because during the process, that's what I felt like I was doing, which was chasing my Moby Dick, my white whale. Okay. So all I'm saying is sure. Throw a few ducats at a couple of altcoins, but every time I get on the internet, there is another person saying, this is the next 100Xer. This is the next 50Xer. This right. is not going to happen to all those coins. 100%. Not for a while, though. Well, Just find one. Find one are, like are Polygon. So many, buy it. Buy more. Listen, buy more. dude. There's one, so many sketchy products out there right now. People like And Safe Moon is one of them. I'm oh, just yeah. saying. Okay. Oh. You're missing my point. I'm no, you're one. missing your own point. That's all I I'm trying to sell to you. I one of these crazy altcoins just because I'm like, let's see what happens. But the point is, I'd be much more comfortable buying Matic. I'd be much more comfortable buying, you know, Anchor or Monero, something that's just a little bit more established. And I don't agree with your philosophy of boom, boom, shooting the shotgun out and buying 50 other coins and waiting for one of them to pop because there's so many people out there that are starting their own coins and they're sketchy as fuck. No shit. And the safe moon people are exactly that. And it might be a good investment, brother, but literally you had to go through 90 things to get it. And I'm not against it. I know I'm going to get my dick kicked in, in the discord. I get it, man. But it's like, listen, man, my whole thing is like, what are the practical, what, what, what is the practical use of safe moon? There the isn't one. There Exactly. There isn't one. My point okay. is, okay. Okay, so so my whole thing is this, guys, is like when you look at these coins, what are their practical purposes? And the practical, I can go through each one of these on why Polygon, I buy Polygon's them. Polygon's got one. What? Polygon's got a practical purpose. 100%. Yeah. It lowers the price of the gas fees for Ethereum. Yep. That's why it's going to blow up, man. Okay. And the, all the stuff we're talking about, the one that the, the storage or whatever it's called, what's it called? Storage. storage, storage. This thing has a an amazing purpose, which is like it takes what you're storing, breaks it all up, sends it all over the place, so somebody can't hack it. And then when you, as soon as you pull it out, it pulls it back. I love that, man. Oh. Mana, I love that. These are practical coins, man. All I want to do is just say one thing. There is an advantage to taking the time to do all that work, to get something before everybody else does. Even if you know it's a pump and dump, there is an advantage to doing it. I disagree with that wholeheartedly, dude. Okay, well, let me just just tell you that. Okay, let me just point something out real quick. Uh, My friend bought it three weeks ago. He's 12X on it. He's already in and out and just fucking 
12 X is money. He could have gotten lucky. He could have gotten lucky. Like we all, Yeah, but dude, it's like the 12 exit. I'm sorry. I mean, great. Like I said, man, I'm, I'm into this and we're going to have my buddy Craig on. Who's going to tell you that there could be a, a realigning of these coins where they, you know, they grow because of what Chris is talking about, the gold rush, and they're going to go back down to a regular thing. That's definitely possible. And but just, I don't want to be a dick and roll back the tape, but you said the opposite last week. You said there is an advantage to going and doing all that work before somebody else makes it easy, like Coinbase, to give you the product. Okay. I, I don't remember saying that, and it, but if I do, because my philosophy has been, it has to be on these, these more uh mainstream uh apps for yeah. for the average joe to buy them and like my whole thing if i could just finish this point is that i'm gonna hold them till i'm a millionaire but i also have a buddy craig who's gonna come on who's gave me a lot of these people a lot of these coins to buy he's gonna tell you it could be re it could readjust very quickly and you might have to trim off as 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 neff says with his stocks trim off a little take a little profit now before the thing crashes but we're going to have that talk because I want you guys to have that information. But th that's my pick. I still like the coins I like. If I get a new coin that sounds interesting, I'll tell you about it. But right now, it's like maybe instead of trying to find the next new coin, maybe you got a coin you like that's not too expensive and you can buy more of it. Double down on that. Maybe yeah. not doubling it, but reinvest in it. Right. Fair enough. Dollar cost average. I'm going to get my dick kicked in the discord. I'm just telling you, if you want to go on a voyage, I totally get it. But By the way, like anybody having trouble in the discord blowing patches? Because I was on the other day and my patch blower was not working at all. Does anybody, did somebody change the emojis? Okay. Oh, what? Uh, Howie, would you like to go? Would you <laughs> like to totally go? Howie, I already gave my polygon, man. I'm okay, polygon. polygon. Young Evan, would you um, like to go? Yeah, I'm going with that. Uh... <laughs> Afria APHA. Oh, show it. What is it? Is it a stock or yeah, is it a it's it's a it's a weed stock? I've been in it for like a year now and it's just it steadily goes up. I love yeah. the thing. Um it got up to twenty six during the or actually twenty seven sixty five during the Wall Street bets uh rush thing we had going on. Um is this a uh, a pump and dump? No, or no, no, is no, this no. a uh hold it? Diamond you're, hands this year. Yeah, you're holding it because they're it's it's funny, they're merging with Tilray and they're voting on the merger on 420 and they're both weed companies. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna yeah, buy like some. That. I'm gonna like buy some. And I think a lot of people are saying that you'll make out better if you buy Afria and not Tilray um, before the merger. And I think before that it's gonna it's gonna go up. So that's my pick. Nice. I like it. All right. Well, man, it was a great show. Oh, I, don't, I don't get to do picks anymore. Oh, I thought you did. Hurt. I thought you did your pick, man. It's been a weird podcast. Go it's on. Been, no, it's all right. I could just save them for next week. No, no, go. Hey, listen, sensitive. Go on. <laughs> I know you're sensitive. I love you, your cats. I love everything. Go on. Um, Finish strong. I am telling everybody I know right now to save all your money until April 14th to buy Coinbase. So I would say hold off, sit on the sidelines, put everything you can scrape together and put it in Coinbase. That's not to say I'm not going to fuck around and throw three or 400 bucks into SafeMoon and have a great time interacting with our readers and getting to know them a little bit more personally on a level that I haven't outside of, you know, this, this, this group, uh, because they're, they're fascinating. They're smart. 
and I got more crypto uh, info in those three hours I was on that live stream than I have since I've been in crypto for two months. So the other thing is this, if you need help, just post it in, in um, the Discord. Somebody will lead you in the right direction and show you how to buy something. And that's the beauty of this community that I think is going to be this benefit to us in the long run is that people are here to help each other and help each other succeed. And it's, a, it's an amazing experience, especially, you know, when you can give something back to somebody and those everybody in there wants to help each other. And that's a really cool thing. Um, keep your eye on Voyager, BYGVF. Again, going back to the concept of mining the miners, look at the chart before you buy it. I might average up on it. Again, counterintuitive, but I'm leading into a winner. It is going to be a winner in the crypto play, uh, but save your money for Coinbase. And once you buy Coinbase, hold it, don't sell it. Because it's. It, I think it's going to be an easy up 50% return in its first three months maybe faster all right well great show today as always uh mihal thank you so much for coming on did i That's get it right, right? mayhall mayhall okay you thank you so much for getting on can you tell our readers where they can find you and make sure to email us uh all your all your links sure. to any social media so Tell them where they can sure, find yeah. you. Yeah, you can find best ways on Instagram. It's Mayhol Patel NYC. Uh, check me out. Um, and thanks for having me, guys. It's a lot of fun. Great yeah, I'm show. sorry you had to to listen to that fighting about that fo uh, football league. That was that gold. Was awesome. Jesus about? Christ. That was gold. Man. Go rub your pussy hole for Christ's sake. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, God. I hate seeing my friends throw $2,000 away. In Heavy flow. What Sometimes that, what it makes me sad. Heavy flow makes me super duper sad. Heavy free, flow. Free hot dogs with the $2,000 package to the game. I get I get a football. Listen, guys, if you want to see me live, I'm gonna be in Austin this weekend. I'll be I, I know uh, I'll be at, I'll be at the Romo Room on the 9th and 10th at Friday and Saturday. Come and hang out, uh, and I will list those in uh, description. And guys, thank you so much. The one of the top podcasts in Vietnam, and that that wasn't easy. Okay. By the way, quick shout out to King K A P P thirteen from Japan. Thank you for giving us the shout out. I will answer your question about GMBL in the Discord. Okay. Well, you want to answer it now? No, we don't. Have time. Okay, guys, we love you very much. Thanks for tuning in, Cash Daddies. Hope you guys bang some fatties, and we'll see you soon. Shout out Vietnam. Cash purposes only. You'd be an idiot to listen to anything these degenerates say. Invest at your own risk, do research, but seriously don't listen to these ass clowns. Now enjoy Cash Daddies.